The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on this episode of today's podcast, I am joined by the one, the only, the returning <laughs> guest himself, Jake Carlson. Jake, I, I, you know, I always say like, kind of how's it going, how's the weather, but it's not the summer anymore, so I'd rather just ask you, it's been a minute since we've talked here, at least on the podcast, had a little bit of time mm-hmm. off here. How'd you feel about the Lakers winning the NBA championship? Love it or hate um, it? I expected it, I guess. Like, I think... Being honest with myself, you know, I wanted the, I would have much rather the Clippers won if we were to pick between the two. But I just think, like, it's impressive how much I just don't care. Yeah, I, I, if that makes sense, like, I just, you know, it's like, cool, LeBron got a championship. I, like, I literally don't care. And I think the reason was is because we were in the bubble. Now, with Kobe passing and all that stuff. If we actually got the full them being in Staples and and them winning and the whole just like where we're all sitting there crying at home because we get the the videos and then it's completely different. I think then we all feel like much more of a soft spot about it, right? But this just field, it didn't feel like organic, I guess. It felt meh. It did feel expected, from my point of view. Whenever mm-hmm. the Bucks lost and Kawhi and the Clippers lost, I kind of, I was like, all right, I kind of expect this. And then shout out to Miami for getting as far as they did, for Absolutely. making it all the way. But the 76ers, you know, I mean, Ben Simmons goes down with an injury. So that was, the Eastern Conference didn't have a lot of just really intense, huge, awesome matchups that we were watching. And... Mm-hmm. Western Conference did. Luca and the, you know, I mean, the Mavs Clippers, That's a, that was a great series. You know, Doncic hits a buzzer beater, you know, to win a game. And, and then the Nuggets, oh my gosh, they come back from two 3-1 deficits. Those were amazing. But then it almost was like, oh my, it, like the finals couldn't live up to that same hype, for me at least. Yeah. Because I, 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 I'm so into that whole, like, come back from 3-1 and oh my gosh who is Jamal Murray who you know who is this guy and all type of stuff researching it more mm-hmm. that whenever at the end of the day it's like all right well hey I know who Duncan Robinson is I've been told that 7,000 times by just my coworkers in Michigan <laughs> I didn't need ESPN to tell me but of course like shout out to him too because um, he is an avid follower and participationist on as a guest of the the Tate Titus and Tate Tate and Titus podcast um, yeah one of, one of those one of the yeah it's i think it's i want to say it's titus and tate because i think yeah, Tate's I the think, producer so. and mark titus yeah. is the guy who was yeah. a and ncaa basketball star i will say i think he can still dunk now of course i will also get to the fact that he was known for starting his own website as a walk-on but nonetheless he played with conley and greg odin etc so how about this to start the podcast just want to say what titus and tate said because i kind of just segued into it anyways on what mm-hmm. they said about your question that you asked them for their podcast. You want to summarize, paraphrase a little bit here? 
Yeah, and so they did a whole thing where you got to do like a, they call it Five Star Friday. I don't know if there's trademark on it, but I'm giving them attribution, so hopefully that's fine. I, um, I would be more than happy if we do Four Star Fridays. You know, Four Stars, four star it's I, the audio quality can always <laughs> that, increase, so we can do the Five Star Friday and get the copyright stuff later on. If you want to give give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, make it Four Stars or more, and that, that, that would be it. Four Star or more. Uh, four star or more Fridays, where we answer questions yeah. from everyone from the previous well, week on four stars or four, more of the iTunes ratings. You just put in there, and then we'll answer your questions in the from the ratings. Four four star Friday for all the four stars that OSU gets because we don't get five stars. Um, four star at least in football. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's uh, I asked them basically about the Oklahoma State stuff going on. And they gave a very candid answer of saying that what was going on at OSU is garbage and that they didn't think that the NCAA would keep um, OSU out of the tournament with Kate Cunningham being there. And that's long story short, you know, if you guys want to go listen to the podcast or whatever, that's where they answered that's long story short, but that's essentially what they said. And then they kind of went into the detail of like the NCA wouldn't be dumb enough to leave out Cade Cunningham and you know, all, all that. So that's, it was comforting to hear that, I guess when the answer came in, I was like, Oh, okay. So at least like us being biased, we're not the only ones that think one, that this is garbage and two, that we would be, unfairly represented if we didn't make it to the tournament because of that with the number one player in the country. And just to recap really quickly for anyone who's missed it, Oklahoma State was hit with a one-year postseason ban for this upcoming NCAA season from a 2017 investigation uh, from when Brad Underwood was the head coach at Oklahoma State, but a gentleman named Lamont Evans, who has now served jail time, maybe even prison time, for his wrongdoings of steering current players on the OSC roster towards certain agents. So just to just to, just to get and a it, quick and, recap there. And before you ask, it was it had nothing to do with recruiting. Nothing. Um he's recruiting these guys. In. He's recruiting in essence of the he's recruiting the guys he currently has on his own roster to sign with certain agents. That's the only was, thing OSC did. Yeah. He, that we're charged pushing, with at we least. Weren't, yeah. uh, we weren't paying recruits to come play for us, or, you know, we didn't get Cade Cunningham because we did the whole SMU thing and gave him like a new Cadillac or whatever. Um, but yeah, so to clear any of that up, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, it was, it was comforting to, I think that's an answer that we've all, as OSU fans, kind of wanted. Where it's like, we want someone outside our realm of, of OSU fandom to say, yeah, this is this is garbage. And it shouldn't affect you guys in the tournament with Cade Cunningham. And if it does, it'll come at a later point in time. Yeah, so, and, and Mark Titus and Tate Frazier both said what we have said and what we've agreed on before too, which was, it's just nice to hear national media which they're on westwood one they do a podcast with westwood one and they're you know content guys for 
a radio publication service, so they're national media for anyone asking. I know it's not just straight up ESPN or Fox Sports, but I mean, if I'm talking about the ringer every so often, these guys are just as good as the ringer for sure as far as their widespread media attention. So they they both were saying, listen, if you're going to hit any school with these type of implications or implications and penalties, do it where that the current class does not have to deal with it, right? Like, these guys can't transfer out right now. If you're Kate Cunningham, you're not transferring out of Oklahoma State right now. You know, you could have, and I believe the NCAA was going to waive the year or whatever. Um, but at the same point, it's nice to hear these guys say, listen, have it apply three or four years down the road from now. What does it matter if it's applied right now when no one on the roster besides Mike Boynton is still there? Of course, Mike Boynton's the head coach of Oklahoma State. He's not, as they said, he's not the do grabbing water or anything like that, of course. But at the same point, if Boynton even knew about this going on, this happening or whatever, that's bad. But at the same point, I don't think he did. Oklahoma State put in their own, we put in our own, I should say, as an alumnus you know, penalizations. So, and, you know, I can always just kind of go way off the deep end, but it was nice that both these guys said, hey, we know this is BS. We know Oklahoma State should not be getting this. And we know that the NCAA, as I know I've said before too, has said, listen, we like money. The NCAA mm-hmm. has always been on the we like money. They're not going to keep possibly the number one overall draft pick out of the NCAA tournament when there wasn't a tournament last year and he's a U.S. player. He's got a big store and he plays at a big 12 school. It's going to be on a lot of games this year too. So it's not just, listen, this guy plays overseas. We're going to, you know, this, this, listen, the NCAA has the ability to make sure this guy plays. I believe the appeal will not be overturned, but be pushed back like a year. That's, and that's mm-hmm. what, I think that's what they said too. They, they think we push yeah. back a year or two or whatever and just kind of move on so it was nice to hear that or, and hey i think you asked a great question too or yeah like the the postseason we, we've gone into this having a postseason ban at all just seems dumb and i think that's kind of what they were saying is like oklahoma state has already pretty much paid their dues with it and putting them in a postseason ban doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when we were as transparent as possible, the NCAA said we were as transparent as possible, but then they still want to lay down a postseason ban. And I know we went into this previously uh, a couple months ago, but it really just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And with the lack of news that we're seeing from it, I can't imagine they're just going to spring something. I, I can't imagine something either. I I would think, yeah, it'll be pushed back one year, but it won't be overturned where it's you know, gone completely the other way mm-hmm. and some other parties found fault. But with that being said, the Oklahoma State basketball schedule did come out as far as some non-conference games for, you know, came out this earlier this week. The lead being, and the one that I've seen publicized the most, is the Oklahoma State versus Arkansas game happening in Gallagher Arena, I believe, in January of next of this next year, 2021, which is much closer than I thought it would be. So a- any other thoughts here from a couple of non-conference games game schedule that we've seen? Um, I actually don't think Arkansas is the biggest one. I think Marquette is. 
Um, that's one of those basketball only programs that we don't play too often. And like, in my opinion, a, a win over Marquette would probably look better in the eyes of whatever committee, whatever we're doing than a win over Arkansas. It's in Milwaukee. It's at Marquette and Marquette is usually pretty good. So Yeah, I mean they're 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 pretty darn good. I don't doubt that at all. I think that as I go through and look at our you know schedule a little bit more, I think the Arkansas game, um, Eddie Sutton, of course, was a previous coach at University of Arkansas, and he's passed away within this year, uh, twenty twenty. Just another you know bad thing from twenty twenty to be honest, but that wasn't an unexpected thing either. And then. I think it's also weird that we play Oakland too. I didn't Eddie Sutton coach at Oakland, or am I thinking of some? Or no, San Francisco. I'm sorry, San Francisco. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is actually. I'll say this: it is very, very odd to me as a current Royal Oak, Michigan resident that Oakland University, which is from basically Royal Oak, Michigan. I mean, it's a little bit north of Royal Oak. It's kind of Auburn Hills ish or whatever, but it's down the street for me is going to Stillwater to play against my alma mater. <laughs> if I'm still here in December 5th, Saturday, you better believe I'll be there. If, if it's available, I'll say that too. And Wichita state's always tough. Those are the four, those are the four games. You know, you mentioned Marquette. I'm saying Oakland at Wichita state and then Arkansas at home. Those are those are the four games so far that are on the schedule, and you know, with all everything being said, yeah, Mar- maybe Marquette's tougher. I I think the Arkansas game might be a little bigger. I don't know. It just depends. So we, I remember that we did play Arkansas in recent memory. We played them January twenty seventh of twenty eighteen. Um, I was at that game. We ended up losing by one which is our only loss to Arkansas ever in basketball. We're five and one against them total. And that was a one point loss. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot, but you know, whatever. Oh, well, oh, well. Um, And Marquette's more known as a basketball school for sure too. So that, that makes sense as well. And that one was in Fayetteville. The other time when we played it, when I went to the game, we beat them 99 to 71. <laughs> and that I, was in Stillwater. I think that's a good win. If I did, if I did, yeah. say it. I think that's a good win. All right. Well, the other stuff that we've got going on in Oklahoma state news as well is Oklahoma state has a, good football game and finally after two weeks in a row of having bye weeks and uh, basically having a scheduled bye week and then having another bye week due to Baylor just not being able to contain COVID whatsoever and seemingly at least on Twitter I will say too not making a not making it any type of factor into their you know planning at all when they were going to play Oklahoma State and they were going to play us at their 
football stadium, but they closed it down. And then, of course, at the same day that they were going to play Oklahoma State on their football field, they hold like a homecoming party of sorts or so where it looks like all the players or cheerleaders or so, you know, Palm and all type of stuff were, were masked up. But then they're just a bunch of just students were behind all sitting as close as they could be together. And Baylor tweets it out. It's I'm not uncovering new news here. Um, I'm at least a week or three late to this. But nonetheless, we do play Iowa State tomorrow. It's a 2.30 kickoff in Stillwater and Boom Pickens Stadium, BPS. What are your thoughts? What are your predictions? Um, I'm nervous. And based off, I mean, how they played OU, I don't know if OU is good. I, this is the first year I'll say that I legitimately do not know if they're a good football team or not. It seems like, seems like anybody, any, you can get any OU team on any single given day. You know, you might, you might get someone that's doing really well. You might not, but Iowa state always poses problems because they just, it's just how they play. Like everything about them is scrappy and it's annoying and it's just like they're just really difficult to play um and i'm not i'm not looking forward to the game um but i will say it's hard to get up for this game a little bit after we've been out for two weeks and you can kind of like fall back into the rut of what we were doing when we when we were like really getting into quarantine and everything got canceled and you're just like oh you know back to not having sports i don't care about you know and so it's it was tough and so like i have to remember that this week you know tomorrow that we're playing iowa state yeah and i think it's weird too from an iowa state perspective there was one big 12 game last week and that was west virginia versus ku and i did happen to watch some of that game because i was very curious to see how West Virginia is going to come back from a 10-0 deficit. That's, to be honest, I checked the schedule early and then went, oh, wow, wait, that's the only two teams playing. Oh, and West Virginia is down 10 in the first quarter. Maybe KU can pull it off. And of course, no, I think uh, I think that game ended like 38-17 to 17 or something with a late touchdown by KU to even make it that close. But the past game so far that Iowa State has played before this past you know, of course, this past week, and my point is that there was only one Big 12 game, and it was West Virginia KU. But the week before then, mm-hmm. of course, Iowa State's coming off from playing two games at home in a row. And they're coming off from a huge night game where they beat OU, followed by a game that they played. I mean, I don't know if necessarily was huge, but it was a 2-30 game on ABC against Texas Tech, but they also won. And that OU team they knocked off did not look great, but... Then again, we can also talk about the OU Texas game here in a second. I I just think that this is a bad matchup for us because we've had two weeks off and Iowa State definitely has momentum. I mean, maybe their bye week stalls it a little bit, but not really. They've got momentum now. They've got three straight wins. Of course, their one loss so far in the season is unexcusable because it's to the Raging Cajuns and <laughs> Louisiana. But then again, that's almost, I mean, it feels like that's four months ago, but September 12th. So nonetheless here, let's, uh, let's say this. I'm excited for the game tomorrow. I believe Oklahoma State has a really, really good chance. We are ranked at least on Iowa State's website here as I look through sixth in the country. I think it's maybe fifth in some polls. 
or I hope it is. I believe we should be ranked ahead of Georgia because they have lost a game. I don't care as to Alabama, but it was by 20. It still is a loss, and it wasn't by a last-second field goal. So they should move back. But that's, again, I always my guards with the SEC. You know that. So (laughs) shout-out to Oklahoma State here. I think it's a good chance for us to make a statement win tomorrow on TV at home at 2.30. Hopefully Spencer Sanders is back fully healthy. I know Gundy's come out and said, listen, we might be playing, um, you know, we, we might be basically playing against you know, a two-quarterback system. As far as Spencer Sanders and Shane Ellenworth are probably going to both see some type of action in the game. So, not against that at all either, I will say. Yeah, I, I'm i always iffy with two-quarterback systems. Um, but if, if Sanders isn't fully healthy, then he shouldn't play. Hmm. Like, that's... Which I don't see why, I guess I don't see why he wouldn't be fully healthy, and I don't see why he wouldn't start. But if he is not, don't play him. Well, I, I will say this. I believe that is more of a Gundy saying, listen, if Spencer looks shaky, don't don't think there's anything at all wrong with us just putting Shane in there and seeing what happens. And I, I, I'm taking it that way, at least. Of, Which is... Yeah, because yeah, I don't want the I don't want the whole like J Dub thing where we're you know we we saw did you watch the Philly game last night? I did not watch the Eagles play the Washington it, football team. It was they played New York. Oh, so sorry. even worse. <laughs> um, so it it's the whole thing of like yeah, so the Eagles are going to be trying slick and bring in Jalen Hurts. Like what? Do you think they're just gonna come out and run the regular playbook, or is he gonna run the ball? It's like you know we're not gonna bring Spencer Sanders in and run something that we would have run otherwise. That would be very smart <laughs> to just run a regular play, but that's never what people do. Right, and I don't think anyone goes, yeah, that's what Oklahoma State's gonna do tomorrow either. I believe Perfect. it's gonna be, right. yeah. Hey, listen, Spencer doesn't look that great after the first couple of drives. Iowa State went up seven or ten points or, you know, whatever happens. Let's go and get Shane in there and see if we can get the ball rolling and some more momentum. Just because, hey, listen, like, you know, it is what it is. He looks good. So, I don't know. I, I, I like Shane so far. He's won us two and two and a quarter of a game you know (laughs) so nothing bad to say about him but then again i do understand we've only played west virginia and ku and tulsa and tulsa is looks like they might be the best out of those three teams because they've beaten a ucf team that at least previously i thought was pretty darn good they did lose i believe over the weekend to memphis but still you know when tulsa beat ucf they were ranked 11th in the country West Virginia is not boasting a better win than that, and neither is KU at all. And KU might go, could go winless on the season. And West Virginia, I has already gotten a win at least, but I don't know if they're going to be in contention to win the Big Twelve either. Yeah, it. I mean, I don't think West Virginia is necessarily like bad. Um, 
but I think they're about average. They're probably worse than I thought they would be so far. Cause I'm usually like, I usually fear West Virginia. Like I'm usually not looking forward to playing them, but like for Tulsa too, they beat what you said they beat UCF and that was at UCF who apparently they had like a 23 game home winning streak or something. Yeah. For Tulsa to knock them off, that's not just surprising, but that's awesome. I'll say too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just, it, you know, it it is the, uh, what, what conference are they in? American? What do they call it now? Amer- American? Is that what it's called now? I, I, um, I hope I have that right. Yeah. So, like, I know it's the American Athletic Conference and whatnot, but it's still, like, it looks good on us. Like, it can't look bad that Tulsa won. So, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm not against it in any way. I <laughs> will say that. I'm all for Tulsa making our schedule so far and our opponents so far look look better after we beat them you know i i will say this i'm skeptical about the iowa state game because we haven't played in two weeks i'm skeptical about the iowa state game because we've got a quarterback coming back from injury probably i would assume spencer's going to start tomorrow if he's good to go so a healthy quarterback starting but at the same point we do have Trooper hubbard we do have tylen wallace we do have ld brown we do have Landon Wolf, Dylan Stoner, we have the offensive firepower and the receivers and the running backs to beat Iowa State. I Watching that OU-Iowa State game, it just looked like OU couldn't get the ball to their receivers and just couldn't mm-hmm. get, you know, and I know there were a couple times where an OU receiver dropped a ball or whatever where you and I both know that the Sterling Shepard and CeeDee Lambs of the world are catching that. And so that's probably part of it. And... I mean, it's it's Iowa State. I didn't think coming into the season they're going to win the Big 12. I didn't see coming into the season thinking, oh my gosh, I'm really scared of that game at all. So I have confidence that we're going to do good, that we're going to play good, and that we're going to possibly, possibly win by double digits even. I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm always going to be skeptical because it's. I think this is this weird season, and I'm always honestly nervous about my team playing, especially when they have a year where they're six overall in the country, and this would be a big letdown if they lose. Any game from now on out is a big letdown if Oklahoma State loses. So it makes Absolutely. me nervous for sure. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, but I have said in the past that that's what we do. I I know, I know. We do lose to the teams you wouldn't think we would and shouldn't. But at the same point, so so far and as of recently, Gundy has a ton of seasons where he's gotten ten wins, a ton of seasons where we've gone to just bowl game after bowl game after bowl game. And Brock Purdy looked pretty darn good against OU. Not gonna lie, mm-hmm. but he did have to come back late, you know. Yeah. And Spencer Rattler made. A bunch of mistakes in that game too so it wasn't to me where oh my gosh this iowa state team just looks dominant how in the world are we going to beat them they, they look beatable if the raging cajuns can beat them we can definitely beat them it's just i think we have to get out of our own way reduce the amount of mistakes and i do believe if we have if we make less mistakes tomorrow than iowa state we will definitely win the game and who knows we could even make just as many mistakes as them or a little bit more but we have a lot of offensive firepower to come back and score quickly and come back, whatever in the game. 
It's just going to depend on how good the quarterback play is tomorrow, and we don't know yet. We, we've we seen Shane play against KU. We've seen him play against West Virginia. West Virginia game looked good, looked fine. We had another touchdown in there to make it a double-digit point win. KU game, of course, we look great and look awesome, but again, Tylen Walls was so wide open. The nearest defender was at the KU airport. <laughs> so... I'm tentative. I'm tentative because I feel like this is the first real big test that we've got so far. I feel like West Virginia was a, was a test because they're a really good Big Twelve team, but since then we've played KU and had three, you know, and had you know, after the West Virginia, you had three straight weeks of KU and two straight weeks of sitting. And fingers crossed, it's only to get Spencer Sanders fully healthy, make sure he looks great, get the offensive line some more time to practice and, you know, get all grouped up and everyone else looks really good and it's all healed up and good to go. And tomorrow we hit the ground running and score 14 straight in Iowa state where they just have their jaws dropped open and don't know what hit them. And I think the other thing is like, how is the defense going to be after, you know, their momentum kind of, it, well, it remains to be seen that if it got killed, but it probably got slowed down because they had played so well for those first three games. And so I'm intrigued to see how they come out tomorrow, having all this time off and then just going up against the best offense that we've played. And and the best defense, probably. I mean, I think West Virginia has the stats, at least, but their stats are retroactive after we played them. So... I would say Iowa State's got a pretty good defense, too. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, they're actually they're giving up 363 yards a game to our 274. Um, that's a pretty wide margin, but they're giving up 29.8 points to... Oh, no, they're scoring 29.8, and we're scoring 30. Um, okay. And they're giving up 27.5 points and we're giving up nine. So that's a pretty big discrepancy. Points scored versus points given up is that'll probably be the, you know, what we can look at for sure. Well, round out the podcast here. Do we want to talk a little bit about that OU Texas game and other big 12 information? Um, yeah, I actually turned off the OU Texas game when they were up, they were up like 31 to 17. Is that right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, Texas is up pretty big, right? Or OU is? OU is up pretty big. And so I I turned it off, um, which I I seem to have a problem with doing that because I did that last week. I was watching Tottenham play, uh, oh, who are they playing? Uh, why am I blanking? Arsenal? West Ham. They were no. playing West Ham. And they went up 3-0, like very quickly, like within 30 minutes of match time. And so I turned it off. And, <laughs> and they drew 3-3. <laughs> so I was kind of like, it's kind of irritated that, that I didn't get to see that whole thing. But same thing happened in the OU game. I turned the game off. And then my my group chat with some of my friends starts blowing up and they're like freaking out because Texas is coming back. And I mean that it's going to happen with a young quarterback and a really bad defense. That is, that is very, very true. I just didn't think OU. 
I just didn't think OU's quarterback, Spencer Rattler, was going to play this way, play this badly at all. I thought this guy's going to be like the second coming of, you know, insert X premier quarterback we've seen. You know, I, I thought this yeah. guy was in Heisman contention or whatever. And you know what? I could be eating my words here next week because he turns around and plays awesome. And okay, he had two bad games as a freshman quarterback. But then again, he, he's not he's not amazing. Yeah, and, you know, it's like the whole, um, I always say, like, uh, being a freshman in college football is a lot different than being, like, a rookie in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Like, because mm-hmm. we see NFL quarterbacks come in and that are rookies and just completely change the dynamic of everything. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. You can even look at Joe Burrow. Like, the Bengals look like a different team. Even though they're not winning games, they still look like, I mean, he's out there getting sacked eight times a game. <laughs> so, that's, you know, but, like, they, you can just tell that the Bengals look different. Now, you look at Washington or the Giants or the Jets, all look awful. But yet, these quarterbacks will get defended to the grave. Because Daniel Jones trips over his own feet. I did see that highlight. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, and Thursday football like, game. Yeah. And the reason I make these comparisons is because oftentimes, like, if a quarterback is really good, they'll come in and kind of assert their own. Now, that's why I preface this by saying freshman quarterbacks are often very different than rookie quarterbacks because. Like, we, we'll have the freshman quarterback come out here, and he might make mistakes. Yeah. It's going to happen. The speed jump from high school to college, I can imagine, is probably a lot different than the jump from college to pro, right? For sure. For sure. Um, and so, like, it, it's going to happen. But – and that's why, like, how many – how many turnovers did uh, Sanders have last year against Tech? Like five, five. in the first yeah. half? Yeah, five and, total or something. Yeah, it was insane. And so I guess my thing is, is like, we we wrote it off. Should he have gotten pulled earlier? Yeah. And we all knew that. But did we necessarily like berate him for it? Like think that he's going to suck, you know, or whatever. And so I think about that and I think we should hold Rattler to the same standards. Like, I know he was a five-star and stuff coming in, but I'm not going to be a hypocrite in this instance because I I let I let Sanders have his pass. So Rattler isn't playing as bad as that Texas Tech game. So, you know, I'm going to kind of let him work it. And look, Rattler doesn't have the receivers that Baker did or Kyler. He doesn't have the running backs that Baker did or Kyler or even Trevor Knight. He doesn't have the running backs or the receivers. And so what, what am I supposed to, am I supposed to like sit here and go, Oh, Rattler's terrible. Well, he's not terrible. He's 18 years old and he doesn't have the weapons that, Lincoln Riley has had in the past. He just doesn't. So you're running a the same style offense with guys that can't do 
what your guys in the past have done. And so part of it is Lincoln Riley also needing to adjust. And that happens. It's okay. Well, OU doesn't have their running backs either, right? They don't have Pirine and, gosh, whoever. What isn't like the... Yeah, like the Kansas City running back, I think, went to OU or something too. Uh, Damian Damian, Williams. Damian Williams. um, So a bunch of these guys. Rodney Anderson. Is it Rodney Rodney Anderson? Anderson, Yeah, that was the other guy too. Um, A bunch of these guys. OU doesn't have this year. And for better or for worse, like, Okay, that that's really good for Oklahoma State because they don't have them, and that means that we should be able to play them pretty darn good and beat them, et cetera, et cetera, all this type of stuff. But at the same point, all right, you know, I didn't expect OU to be that good this year. I didn't expect them to just win the Big 12 outright. I did expect us, I think, in every single thing I said for us in Oklahoma State to play pretty darn good and to contend for the Big 12. But that's mm-hmm. because oh, you didn't have a Heisman contending quarterback returning, a national championship returning quarterback, a, I mean, just any of this type of stuff, right? So right. I I expected them to not be that good. And then that, that's what's happening. I mean, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, like I'm not, I'm not trying to say, oh, I was right, but... Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't wrong, you know. I mean, I, we, I don't think anyone thought, oh man, this OU team is going to be just insane. We're going to just, you know, and you know, yeah, exactly. And so, like, I'm not going to blast them when we anticipated a down year, anyways. And every OU fan anticipated a down year. So, you know, so be it. There's no point in just because I'm an OSU fan. Like, I'm not defending them, but like, there becomes a time when you, as a biased sports fan, have to be real and go, okay, you know, this is how it is, but we still have to play them. So. Right. Right. We still have to play them. We cannot talk smack yet. We've talked about this in the past, too. We. We talked about how that, you know, do you get excited when OU loses? And yes, I do as an Oklahoma State fan growing up, born and raised. You don't as much because you still understand we got to play OU. And also because, I mean, to you, who's Florida's biggest rival? Georgia? Georgia or Florida State, probably. Okay. So when, when those teams lose, do you go, eh, not a bad day? You know, yeah, I love it when Georgia loses. Right, and so I'd say that's kind of the same thing as me yeah. whenever you know you loses, is because of the differences there. So, but at the same point, I do have a lot of respect for Lincoln Riley stepping in after Bob Stoops and taking OU to college football playoff after college football playoff, as well as OU proving that it doesn't matter necessarily who they've got, they find a way to win the Big Twelve. Exactly. You know? So it's us dissing them is more of an attribution to them. Yeah, we, yeah, we would we would think we would think right. So, I I'm very excited for the rest of the Big Twelve season. Lastly, here I'll ask you: Do you think it's OU or who else do you think intends with? Let's say it's Oklahoma State. Let's say we're automatically in the Big Twelve championship. Who do you think we play against? I don't know. 
I think this is the first time that like I'm not impressed with anybody. And I'm not even really impressed with us. It's it's turning into what Big 12 basketball looks like. Like this year is like unless, you know, Kansas is just roles reversed. <laughs> but but everyone's just kind of beating up on each other. But if I were to pick somebody, how many how many Big Twelve losses does OU have? Two? How many does Texas have? I think one, right? Just to OU. I uh, know they have they have two. They have two losses. Texas lost to does it TCU, I think? Or Tech? Texas lost some surprising game. And that could have been Texas, Texas 0 3 conference. Let's see. Yikes. Yeah, that is but then again, that's that should be why why we Texas, beat Tech. They lost to TCU. Yeah. Okay. So I mean it'd be hard to imagine a two loss team getting into the Big Twelve championship, right? A two loss Big Twelve team? A two loss Big Twelve team. I see, I don't think so. And here's here's I guess the point I'd have on that is that for example, if if we lose Iowa State this weekend, but I'm I'm taking Oklahoma State out of the equation. I'm trying to take my bias out here and say, okay, let's say who plays Oklahoma State, right, in the Big Twelve Championship. Uh-huh. So let's say we lose to Iowa State this weekend, but we went out, right? We only have one loss. Well then Iowa State has two losses, not in conference, but they've got two losses, right? We could see them again if they went out. And as far as like the rest of the conference goes, West Virginia and I mean, only only our only Oklahoma State, K State, and Iowa State have no Big Twelve losses so far, right? Every other team has gotten beat here. OU theoretically yep. could have beaten Iowa State, and they'd also have one loss. And OU would only let's say let's say OU only lost to K State, for example. Then then OU would also only have one loss. But at the end of the day, my point here is, is that I don't think K State's going to go undefeated the rest of the se- you know, the rest of the <laughs> season. I think they'll actually lose a couple of games here pretty quickly since their starting quarterback, I believe, went out for the rest of the season. If I have that right, and Baylor, who knows? They they honestly have played two games this whole season, so I I really have no idea about them. And with the rest of the conference, when you look at it, we we play the. Iowa State this weekend so I could see it being a one-loss team I, I no matter what a one-loss team will be in the Big 12 championship period that's how this whole thing at, works because it's a round robin schedule at, at least exactly exactly at least but at the same point I think a two-loss team maybe even a three-loss team depending on how everyone beats up on each other is pretty easy to see mm-hmm. to be honest I mean, West Virginia just runs the table and beats everyone else the rest of the season. They're good. They've only lost one game the whole season. They're in the Big 12 championship. And, you know, but but basically right now, my, my point is, is that it, it's really hard for me to see, you know, like basically only one loss teams. That sometimes happens, but it's basically like, you know, basically, for example, us beating Iowa, us losing to Iowa State this weekend, then K State beating Iowa State, and then everyone's got one loss, right? And then all of a sudden, it's you know who do you have at the end? But 
right so out of I, stands. We're, we're only three games in the Big 12 schedule, and only three teams out of the 10 are undefeated in the Big 12. So if that were the case, like I would have to take Iowa State. Like if you're asking me today, based yeah. off of yeah, what I've seen, today. if based off what I've seen, it have to be Iowa State. Yeah. See, I'm going to. Unfortunately, I'm going to take OU because, as I believe we predicted in this preseason here, OU is a tough matchup for us. We go at we go to Norman this year, play at OU. And right now, OU has a bunch of games to get the momentum rolling for them as well before we play them. They've got at TCU, who's looked fine, but has two losses in the Big 12 as well. Play at Texas Tech, winless. At KU, or excuse me, KU home, winless. And then they play us after a bye week to get everyone, you know, I mean, bye week, good or bad, who knows, right? Um, yeah. Then they play us. So I, I'd i say I, I think we have a pretty good chance of playing OU a Big 12 championship if we lose that game. Or honestly, even if OU loses to us as well in the Big 12 championship, it's believable to me that Iowa State gets two or three losses and whatever else, too. Just because they're OU, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, basically, at the end of the day, what we're saying is, is that if you go 7-3 and three or 8-2 and two in the Big 12, you're, you could be in the Big 12 championship, which is... Which in a six normal and three. right? It's nine, oh, six nine and three. Games. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Six and three or, or seven and two, you have a really good chance to be in the Big Twelve Championship. And in a normal season, we have three non-conference games. That's a ten-win season. So you know, have a ten-win season, Big Twelve Championship. That's not unheard of, and I can actually see it happening pretty easily. I mean, I don't think K State's going to lose to KU tomorrow, but K State doesn't have their starting quarterback anymore, so. I don't know. Maybe KU scores early. I have no idea. I don't know. It's it's definitely a a dicey Big Twelve here. It makes the Big Twelve look bad from a like a public eye because they're like, oh, you know, all these teams are losing. But I I just really think that the teams are just getting better. Like I think that's all it is. The playing field is starting to become leveled, which I don't think anybody's upset about. Also, I think that's much different when OU has a bad year to start as far as Big 12 reputation because if you are if you're Ohio State, if you're Alabama or Georgia or if you're Clemson, if you're those like conference mainstays like Oregon, you know, whoever, right? And you rack up a a win or two, excuse me, a loss or two early on in the season to start your to start out your season. If you do rack up, you know, a loss or two, and you're the one who went to college football playoffs for like the past two years in a row from your conference, et cetera, whatever it is, then all of a sudden it's, ah, oh, conference is a down year because the team who usually is there is not having a good year. Instead of us talking about, like you said, everyone's a little bit more equal, and also the team who normally wins the conference is having just a little bit down or of a year than not, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and, and I... I don't doubt that OU will be good this year too. That's what that's what sucks. Like I never thought OU would be bad this year. I just thought that we'd have a really good chance to beat him because they didn't have a transfer quarterback for the third year in a row that had already played college football games. So, <laughs> you know, so sue me. You know what I mean? Like I Spencer Rattler looks amazing from time to time, but he also looks like a, a freshman out there playing football. 
And by the time we play Which, him, he'll have played six, seven games. So he won't look like a freshman as much anymore, too. Exactly. And we'll see. It, it remains to be seen, my expectations about the Big 12 at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's that used to be always my catchphrase. We'll see when I do the Bedlam Brother podcast. Uh, we'll see. You know, we will see. And I think that cannot be more true than this season itself of maybe Michigan knocks off Minnesota, you know, tomorrow or night or whatever, right? Maybe Illinois Mm -hmm. beats Wisconsin tonight in the Big Ten. Maybe Oregon goes on to win the Pac-12, just like we, you know, we all think they will or whatever, and they win the national championship. But at the end of the day, we'll see. So that's, that's the best way to put it so far. Yeah, we, we get Big Ten football this weekend. Shout out President Trump. I'm not really comfortable saying a shout out to that guy on this podcast. It was more irony. I know. I, I know it's sarcasm, but I want to make sure I emphasize that it is sarcastic and that both of us are being sarcastic when we say that. Yeah, because I could care less if, if Big Ten football's back. And it has nothing to do with President Trump. <laughs> it has everything to do with I don't like watching the Big Ten. Fair enough. I like the Big 12... Excuse me. I like the Big 12 football, of course, is playing. But I like the Big 10 footballs back because my coworker should have something to talk about when it comes around instead of them bashing on me for, you know, Oklahoma State having a guy get injured or having two bye weeks in a row or whatever it is, right? And bashing me. They're, you know, being kind-hearted and talking to me about Oklahoma State football, which is nice, actually. So, Jake, I'll say this. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the CJ Tour Podcast. As always, thank you to J-Man Carl on Instagram for joining me here on the podcast. Please follow yep. at the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. At four more star Fridays here on the podcast or four more star questions, if you do give the podcast a rating of four or more stars on iTunes, we will definitely answer any question you put in that rating in the next podcast that we see that yeah after we see the rating feel free to also follow us on twitter and instagram at the cj tour and ask us questions there as well too again thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the podcast thank you for the support lately and we'll catch you guys again soon see you guys peace